So as I was saying, the deep cut, I don't give a fuck of what a non-holding call on a 10-yard most start <laughs> fucking touchdown run that George Kittle is holding our best tackler, Demario Davis, in a fucking bear hug, not getting called by the refs. Oh, yeah, dude, it. that's messed up. Right I by him. It. Literally runs right by him. Doesn't get fucking called. That's insane that it doesn't get called. That's it happens Fuck to the Saints every day. Dude, it happens to the Saints every time. Welcome to football after dark, everybody. It, it happens to the. I, mean, we, I guess we could just start with that. That game, and dude, it happens to the Saints every time. Like in every big game they play. There, there right. was some other crazy shit happening in that game though too. There, there's the antiquated rule of fucking punts can't have pass interference. Like you see the guy dropping back for a pass. It's obviously not a pun anymore. The only reason why they probably won't ever change that is because when you start off a punt play, if you're on the punting team and you're one of those guys who runs downfield, you're not even looking back most of the time. Right. So it's the only thing that would suck about that is if like like so let's say let's say the punter gets the ball snapped to him. And they realize that somebody's like already sprinting downfield and being a little huggy. He could just keep it and act like he's about to pass the ball and get pass interference called. So, don't get huggy. You're just you're just like injecting penalties into the game. Like you're just just putting them out there. Yeah, but I don't know, man. A lot of ref talk this week. Oh yeah, absolutely. Fucking just adapt. Just like everything else you have to do. There you you go, just yeah. have to adapt. Yeah, mm. but at the very least, you would figure that somebody like Sean Payton would know that. And it's, I don't think it was meant to, like... I don't think it was meant to get a pass interference. Probably a holding penalty, I would assume. Probably. But that well, that's, that's kind of what, what he was trying to say uh, against the refs. But, um, you know. Saints and those rules, man. Still don't think that Bleacher... Sh- Bleacher Report should have the Saints below the Seahawks that got fucking killed by the Rams on Monday night. Oh, yeah, no, no. The, the Saints are probably the third best team in the NFL, I would say. Uh, Bleacher Report. Uh, power rankings are so weird when you Bleacher do them every week. Just, That's no. why you have to listen to Fad Pod because we only do ours every four weeks. Right? Yeah, and we're still bad at it. Nah. Never let you guys live down that lion shit. <laughs> it was worth it for the bet. And the it, first powering didn't mean shit anyway. No, they don't. But. It was worth it for the meme and to make you guys as upset as you were. Yeah, that was oh, really me, good. Me and Kuiper lost our shit. We were so bad. Not only do I dislike the Lions, but fuck, man, they're a bad football team. Dude, they would be so doing so much better if they had their fucking... They would probably at least be like a decent team with Matt Stafford. Matt healthy. Stafford was a top three quarterback before his injury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was on a really um, not record pace, but he was on. He was just on a good was, pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if it wasn't sure, well, if it wasn't for Lamar Jackson just fucking being inhuman and Russell Wilson being a uh, god, like mm. yeah, literally, he would have been the best quarterback. In the world. He's that, that that man preaches to touch by God. Everybody, everybody listens. Mm, cracking. Crack. Oh, crack that beer. Before <laughs> you getting drinky, Matt getting <laughs> cracking that. I'm not, unfortunately, but I am drinking some water. Yeah, you drinking cracking. liquid death. We got nope, we got a bunch we're, of we're uh. cracking unsponsored water because <laughs> they didn't sponsor us. <laughs> what if we asked them for a sponsor? Would they give it to us? I'm gonna try. <laughs> you want to listen to our audience of like a hundred people a month? 
I, I'm going to be honest. I can't believe 100 people a month <laughs> right. listen to that's, us. That's, <laughs> that's kind of cool. That's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's also, in like overall metrics, garbage. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we've been steadily gaining. We might get like 10 cents an episode from a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, but we break even right now. So 10 cents. <laughs> we'll be making 10 cents an episode, baby. 40 cents a month. Fuck yeah. I in mean, in two months. In, no, wait, in two months, that would be 80 cents. You'd have to, in four months, it'd be a dollar 20. We could get two wings on Thursday. Holy shit, baby. <laughs> yes. We need to find a 10 cent wing. For four, yeah, for four of us, that's half a wing. You know, we each get a half wing. You You're know like, what I think about all the time is in. Viva La Bam. Yeah. <laughs> Don Vito used to go, they used to always find Don Vito at this plaza wing stop that was just called 10 Cent Wings. Oh, yeah. Never that shit. God damn it. I love that stupid fucking show. It's terrible. I love it, though. Um, it's a good look back. All right, so back to football. Yeah. yeah uh, well, Kuiper was sacrificed for his sins against Cleveland last week. Yeah. Oh, my God. He went on a tear. I felt bad, but then I didn't because Cleveland killed him, and that's why he's not here. And Yeah, the entire in- collective city of Cleveland found out where he lives and <laughs> hoisted him out of his house. And uh, as I he's am totally the resident fad pod phoenix, I rose from Kuiper's ashes. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm here to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. I tried to I tried to get Genhart, our usual replacement guest, to join us today, but then he saw that Kuiper got carried off, and he's like, I don't want to be involved in this podcast anymore. <laughs> and he just left. So I, I watched him right? leave. I watched him walk outside. I was kind of excited because it was going to be the first podcast I did with Genhart. I know. You guys never line up together. Right. I, I mean, then, is like, Genhart Corey or Corey Genhart? Every week, me and Genhart watch football together. And then last week he didn't show up because the Pittsburgh game was at four because he watches that with his dad. And so I was pissed off because I didn't get my three hours with Genhart. And then I like this happened with our with Kuiper getting carried off. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get my replacement three hours with Genhart. That's fucking dope. We're going to we're going to talk about stuff that we talked about in the deep cut. That you would know if you paid our Patreon. And you gave us money. At F-A-D-P-O-D. Yeah. At Patreon. Did you say F-A-D-P-O-D? I said F-A-D-P-O-D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but then he didn't even. He he left before we could even do that. No, no, he's gone. We watched. We watched what, is, what is it called? Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance? Don't mention it because we're not sponsored by Die Hard. <laughs> and we're not sponsored by Gen and Jub. Fuck those no, guys. No, we're not. Man, that movie was terrible. Let me tell you. You know what's terrible, though? I, I do want to put it out there. Despite the holding call that really pissed you off in that Saints-Niners game. It should have. It was. It was literally. It was literally right next to where the run like. If it was an inconsequential, like if it was on the other side of the line, like inconsequential calls, fucking don't call them. I don't fucking care. If right. it's on the other side of the field, don't fucking call it. But he was literally he was, creating the hole with was, the hold. It was literally right next to him. With it was their one of their best players, if not their best player, probably their best player. 
fucking just holding, bear hugging Demario Davis, which is our best tackler. Yeah. It's just that made me mad. The other thing that made me mad, mostly, like, if I was being, if I'm just being like facetious, like it's not our fault, like that, that's the thing that I would bring up, like just the no call, no hold call on George Kittle during the ten yard most start run. But what really makes me mad is the fact that we commit so many penalties in key moments of the game and it's fucking like I stood by Marcus Williams in the fucking Minneapolis Miracle I was like he was a rookie you did I remember that and then he got burned again and then he goes in the biggest we already we already got the division but this was already this was our biggest game of the season going up to this point like this is going to decide who has Home field advantage in the playoffs. Right. And then he goes and fucking biggest play of the game, face mask him. No reason. Just fucking push him out of bounds. Like, I know you I know you probably can't tackle him. Like literally push him out of bounds. He's right on the sideline. Yeah. Just but push you him. Grab his face mask at another fifteen yards and they get to kick a field goal. The That's easy one. At My biggest problem, I said at the beginning of the year, penalties is a coaching thing, and we haven't been able, Sean Payton hasn't been able to get the penalties un- under control. Yeah, that's his biggest flaw as a coach. And it's like, I understand, like, he got our players playing with an intensity that, like, got us this far, but they gotta be able to not commit penalties. They have to rein it in sometimes, and like... I feel like that intensity does get the better of the team a lot. Right. And that's why that happens. Like, like That face match penalty happened because Kittle caught that ball and was like being hard to get taken down. He got frustrated. Immediately when it. he touched him, the first thing he touched was he grabbed the face match. Yeah, because he was probably pissed Bless off. You. Thank and you. Like, Sorry. I mean, it's nice to have that kind of passion because that's probably what it was. It was just like he was right. pissed. Because George Kittle caught that ridiculous ball. Mm-hmm. And so he's just trying to bring him to the ground any way he could. But you have to be smart about that kind of thing. Well, that's interesting. I that usually get caught up in the moment. I don't know if... He, I mean, I didn't see the exact play. Yeah, it was it was an impressive play. But to like go for his face mask on purpose, maybe there was some anger and stuff in there. And obviously, I don't know if it was not on purpose, but no, just the fact purpose. that this is... Has there been more than two occasions, like last year in this moment, where he's kind of like... Made an airheaded move. Well, he he, he plays the Minneapolis Miracle. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why the, that's that one and this one he like, are two. But do we have a third to establish a pattern? There hasn't been. Luckily, we haven't been in a position where the game mattered like that. Okay, like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like we've either like been able to just like blow out opponents and like just like run the ball and run out the clock and like you know but that was like if you play 59 minutes of great football you can't afford to lose lose it because of one minute one play it's really interesting when you like how often do we have the debate on this show or any sports talk show or any sports head anywhere how like whether a game comes down 
to one player, one call, or whether it's the. And it didn't. Like I understand that. Like that was that was. Like if it wasn't for that one play, like that could have been one of my favorite Saints games to watch of all time. Like mm. it was just back and forth, like hard fought battle. It's crazy, but because of that face mask and because of that hold no call on a big like on a scoring play of all things like if that was just a 10 yard run like I understand that you don't call every penalty because otherwise you you would never finish your game right you know but it was on a scoring drive it's you have to be able to call something Right, you have to make sure it goes correctly. Right, not that you have to, but you have to make sure it's like a legitimate play. Right, and if it was on, like, like I said, if it was on the other, if it was on the other side of the line, I would have been okay with it. But it was literally inches away for most art. It was the reason why it happened, basically. Right. This, this is not good, <clears throat> not good at all. And there's a there, there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of crazy stuff that happened in that game that you know kind of didn't help the Saints. Right. There are, this was definitely our worst defensive game. Like, oh, they were leaking big plays like crazy. Right. I mean, so were the Niners. To be fair, like, the, like right. they they were just marching up the field on each other. There was a good there was a good no call by the refs um, on the seventy five or seventy yard whatever uh, Sanders touchdown. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I think it was him and Lattimore that were like like hands on each other. Yeah. Uh, they both had hands on each other, which is why it's a good no call. And when you slow it down, uh, Lattimore had his hand on your on his chest, which you're allowed to do as long as you're not pushing or pulling. Right. Sanders had his hand on the back of Lattimore's jersey, and he actually grabbed the jersey and pulled it back, which made Lattimore fall, which allowed that play to happen. Mm-hmm. But when when you slow it down, like that's that's like obvious, yeah. but in real time, that's a good no call. Yeah, you'll never like, see it. Right. Like you'll you'll never notice something that's that subtle as that. It's it's hard to pick up on. There's there's so much going on in a football field. Yeah. That's that kind of stuff's really hard to pick up on. You're never gonna see that kind of call, which is fine. I think uh, I really didn't like that fake punt. That no. was that was a terrible call probably one of probably one of his worst design plays all year it would have been better if it was just like a Taysom Hill run right instead of a pass but you're on you're on fourth and 18 like when you're if it's like a if he was like a fourth and five fourth and eight yeah. I can see you doing that but dude when you're that backed up yeah. you, you I think that's when they would least it. I could see uh, I could you understand I would, it I would do me. that play if I was like up a like if I was up a bit and I was like confident, and I just I knew the other play, like opponent could like score, right? But it was like within the, like, it was against one of the best offensive lines, and you're down, you're up like a score, right? Don't do it. Yeah, just punt it away. They they really should it, like they really should have punted. Give that your away. defense the opportunity to get the momentum going. On yeah, the, the, the defense has been elite has been all year. Well, right, right. You're like an elite level defense all year. Just give it to them. You don't have to. You don't have to come up with some insane trick play. Yeah, well, okay, you don't have to. Not when you're on fourth and eighteen, bro. I understand where it comes from though, because the NFL is getting more and more 
aggressive, you know? Yeah, but when... And and my thing is, my thing is, because it was 4th and 18, that's why you think, well, nobody goes for it on 4th and 18, so this is our chance. But how often do you see, like, a a fake punt go 18 yards? All right, so if you... Say if you get the holding call. I I feel like... I, I feel like you only go for it. I feel like you only go for it, like... They should have had like an audible setup to like go to regular punt. Uh, if it looks like it's being sold out to uh, punt block, then you fucking go for it. Yeah, it wasn't right. Yeah. But my thing is also the rule should be changed. The ball didn't go to the punter. It's not a punt play. It went to a guy that was on the inside, which made it a pass play. Like I understand what the rule is now. But I think the rule should be updated. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, I'd be okay with that. I'm like, okay. if the ball doesn't go to the punter, it turns into a fucking pass play, which could be called for pass interference. Yeah, either a pass or run. If it doesn't go to the punter, which right. makes sense. I mean, even if it does go, I mean, sometimes you will want the punter. Be able, you have to draw a line somewhere if you're yeah. going to change that rule. So that makes sense. Yeah, I'd be okay with you that. You can't just go like, all right, it's lined up as this play. It's going to be this play. You can't do that because that's what. The, it's literally a chess match. You're literally playing mind games for 60 minutes, trying to get the opponents to do what you want them to do so you can do what you want to do. Right. And that was an example of that catastrophically failing for Sean Payton, unfortunately. Right. It was not good. Yeah. Hindsight, though, if it had worked out, we would have been calling him even more of a genius. It's just really weird. Yeah, I would have. I, I might have. I would have said probably like one of the best special team plays, probably the, the second best special team play of the year. And then I also would have said, "Jesus Christ, that's scary. <laughs> Why would you do that?" <laughs> I I would not. In no scenario would I be comfortable trying to fake something on fourth and eighteen. If if you pull something like that off, you just kind of regard that as you went for it, and you took a ballsy chance, and you got it. Like. Cause that's that takes balls. The only bright spot, Michael Thomas, still He's being still, oh, still the best, still the best in the league. No, hands down. Yeah, there's For no sure. question. It's disgusting how good he is. That's the amount of volume one man can take. We say it like every week, right? But like it's ridiculous. It, it's hard to receive that kind of volume as a receiver. If all Jared Cook definitely set, stood up this game, even if it was for like 20 minutes. He's great. He was great. Like, that was, like, losing him was a big loss because that was supposed to be our big, like, Sean Payton said, like, going into the game, Jared Cook's going to have a big game. Like, this, and he literally did for 15 minutes. Two touchdown passes. Right. Like, right there, just, like, bang, bang in the first quarter, right? Yeah. That's what it was, yeah. Mm -hmm. Incredible. God, I miss him in Green Bay. And then we, <laughs> and then there was, we he took the bad hit, and then later we returned with another bad hit on uh, Hughes check, which yeah. unfortunately for us, I guess Hughes check was able to come in when Jared Cook couldn't. Yeah, which I'm glad that Hughes check didn't like have a big like concussion injury, and it sucks that. Jared Cook did, but that was like a big loss for us. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, because you could you could tell all year that the, the Saints have been like really incorporating him into the offensive game like, plan. Drew Brees loves him. Like that's and like I don't want to 
I don't want it to be. But then after that loss to San Fran, I'm just like, maybe next year. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm already just like. I think a lot of teams are like looking up at San Fran right now and going like, oh, maybe next year. Especially like know. one of them's the Packers for sure. But I think I think the Packers are looking for you know further than that. Mm-hmm. I think they're a fake good team. We lost uh, Mark and Dav- Marcus Davenport for the deal. year. Big that's, deal. That's a big deal. Luckily that we've had a. Like the 49ers, we've had a rotational front seven that we've been able to, you know, sub people out and keep people healthy. So um, we've had we have some guys that are going to be able to come in and produce well for us. Uh, but it's not going to it's not going to be as at the same level. Um, hopefully in this draft next year, we can get somebody to put next to fucking. Lattimore, that isn't Eli Apple. Eli <laughs> Apple, yeah. who's, who's been kind of a bust. Uh, <laughs> Eli Apple is as a bust as that burp was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Eli, uh, he just literally everybody just like it comes hand in hand. Nobody wants to test Lattimore, and then Apple's an easy person to pick on. Yep. Either he's gonna commit a penalty. Or he's you're just gonna be able to beat him, right? And that's you see you see so many teams pick on him. It's bad. Yeah, he just needs to get out of there. You, you all just need to get him out of there. Maybe draft somebody. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, Gardner Johnson looks like a good slot option uh, outside of uh, Patrick Robinson. Um, it's gonna like we got we have the team. Shy Tuttle has been fucking amazing. For a fucking undrafted rookie, like he had that fucking stiff arm against Matt that, Ryan, oh which is the highlight of my year. <laughs> Even if we like, if we won the Super Bowl, Shy Tuttle fucking destroying Matt Ryan would be my favorite part of the that's year. Probably yeah, that's probably the most satisfying thing to see as a Saints fan. I can imagine just seeing Matt Ryan get fucked on a play. <laughs> it's just like that's that's some good gold. That is one of the best defensive plays I've seen all year. Like, when you come off a pick like that and just be able to just destroy somebody like that with the stiff arm. There was a play in, uh, right at the beginning of the Steelers-Cardinals game. One of the best special team plays I've seen all year. Nobody's going to talk about it because it went nowhere. But immediately off the first kickoff. The, the first kickoff, Cardinals kick it off to the Steelers, right? The kid gets it. He's like an undrafted running back who's, who's been returning, who's been returning uh, kickoffs for them. And a Cardinals player gets the jump on him and is booking it down the field towards him. He immediately gets the ball and fuck uses the guy. Just like <laughs> stick his arm out just like an inch and just like he the dude goes flying. And like he's able to pick up like at least a few extra yards out of it that he wouldn't have gotten before. And he turned what was supposed to be an amazing special teams play by the Cardinals and deleted it. And it was it was it happened so fast. And I was like and I, mean, I saw it, I was like, holy shit, that's one of the most incredible things I've seen all year. Nobody is going to talk about this. <laughs> no. I, I love, I live for shit like that. I love looking at those crazy ass special teams plays. And like, Sometimes it'd be like that. It's fun. All right. So remember in the off season when I said touchdowns even themselves out? Yeah. 
and Devontae Adams was scoring all these touchdowns over the past two years. Yeah. I was like, it's going to even itself out. Devontae Adams scored one touchdown this year. Only one. Yeah. There's been a... I mean, I know he's been hurt. There's a lot of But like I said... Yeah. I mean, it, they, they even itself out. Everybody comes down to earth usually eventually, right? And for him... Yeah, a lot. Uh, that's a big chunk of it. Obviously, he's missed like half the games this year mm-hmm. because of his his turf toe injury. But on top of that, uh, Rodgers has been spreading the ball around a lot more than he was the last two years, like a lot more. Um, and also, I think people a lot of people got wise to Adams, is whereas that, you, the last couple years they haven't. Do you think him spreading the ball around more is more like an asset of like you guys not? Almost like the Saints not having a true number two. Yeah. That's absolutely what it is. Because teams are just really, like, selling out to to keep uh, Devontae Adams, like, in at bay right now. And so, like, they're trying to they're tr- trying really hard to get Jimmy Graham to step up, still sleeping. He, he, he's had, he, got a, he had a couple nice grabs during the Washington game. Mm. But... I'm sorry that he's been sleeping for this, two years. I want Jared Cook back. The, <laughs> the Green Bay's offense is... Almost identical to the Saints' offense. Yeah, it's been a lot of like, a lot of like short, short plays to, to like you, just random guys. <laughs> you got a lot of guys. You got a clear number one receiver. Yeah. You got a decent tight end. You yeah. Got, you got a decent offensive line. A really upper, good running back. Upper, you got a really good running back with a really good backup running back. Yeah. And then like an all-time quarterback. Yep, it's literally identical. Mm-hmm. I think the the Saints run it more efficiently, probably because they're more creative. Right. I think, and I think that Green Bay has better other wide receiver options than uh, Green Bay, and then or Green Bay has better wide receiver options outside their number one than the Saints, and then the Saints have a better tight end than. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, Jared Cook is miles ahead of Jimmy Graham right now. That's the way he's been progressing, <coughs> and I, I said that. I think I said that right when he got traded to Orleans. It was a big deal, and like it hasn't really paid off that well until now. But it's it's if he keeps this kind of incorporation with the team, he's going to pay off dividends. It's going to be a really 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 good pickup for the Saints. That's mm. uh, the opposite end here. I think Jimmy Graham is bubbling on bus territory. Yeah, he's almost there. All right, so like, are we giving him the official fad pod bust? If he has, if he spends the rest of the year without making like very many substantially good plays, I would say so. Do you? Mm. So when Jimmy Graham signed with Green Bay, yeah, they his other big contender to signing him was the Saints. Yeah. All right, and I think there was a little bit of a pride thing, like when he went to Seattle, he wasn't that he wasn't good. Like, at all. Cut a lot of touchdowns, that was it. Yeah. So, like, him going back to the Saints is like, yeah, they're the reason why I was good. So he wanted to kind of, like, prove himself in Green Bay. It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. So, do we think that with... Do we think, like, if he went back to the Saints, he would be doing the same thing as Jared Cook? Or do you think he would be like he is in Green Bay? Yeah, I think it'd be pretty similar. I don't... I think... I think a lot of it has to do with the wear and tear on him. You don't think Sean Payton could save it? Maybe he might. He would be. He would probably be a little better. 
Mm-hmm. Green Bay is, has had a bad history with throwing to tight ends. Yeah, for a like long that's time now. that's my like like I kind of think Green Jimmy Graham would have probably been good with the Saints just because Green Bay has never been able to throw to the ball throw the ball to Green Bay. Green Bay has never been able to throw to the tight end that well. Right. It's kind of been a kind of been a big flaw with that offense and I'm not exactly sure why I just remember the scheme just never incorporates them well enough. But like mm. we've we've now that we're on a different offensive scheme, it's still the same thing. Yeah. So it's weird. And is, is I don't know if it's an Aaron Rodgers thing or I don't know if he's just like not as good as throwing to big targets, but then Jordy Nelson was like huge. So like it's weird. <laughs> I don't know. Jordan Ellis was a big target, and he was, you know, Rogers' favorite. Yeah, going, you know, throwing giant passes over his shoulder and like right. having to make a play, and and he's kind of tried to do that with Jimmy Graham a little bit, and it hasn't really panned out that well because you, you see it all the time. He'll like there's certain games, there's a few games where Jimmy Graham will get targeted a lot, and he'll throw, he'll throw these balls high in coverage, and like, okay, Jimmy Graham, you're a big guy, time to make the play, and then he drops the ball, where it just flies out of his hands. And like, man, you can't, you can't be doing that shit, bro. Well, that's how it is. If he's just gonna keep doing that, it's you see it from different players. A lot of players that just you know they get their like hype or whatnot, and it just doesn't live up to it. I mean, you weren't the only person who thought we were sleeping on Jimmy Graham, Justin. I'm sure there were a lot of other people that thought that. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you just look at like. Especially what he did in you know New Orleans and shit. Well, yeah, even in, even when he did in Seattle, what I expected. It's funny because like when we first got him, and him and you know Devontae Adams were touchdown leaders. <coughs> I expected Jimmy Graham to go on that team and like snatch that away from Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. and like he was going to be the touchdown guy and kind of take that weight off of Adams' shoulders a little bit and kind of you know he can kind of do other things near the red zone. Set up for different kinds of like all kinds of different stuff you could set up with that, but Jimmy Graham has been the exact opposite of that. He has been for like some weird ass short yardage plays that never get you a first down. Usually, he's been hit like two times for a first down all season, and like I don't know, it's weird. I I don't like the way Green Bay incorporates tight ends. <laughs> I just realized. I'm sorry. You're glad. I just realized that I had six fantasy leagues and I made fucking playoffs in all of them except my two money leagues well i had two money leagues didn't make playoffs uh, justin i haven't gotten to personally thank you for getting me a first round buy yet <laughs> matt my options were giving you a first round buy or not making the playoffs having to beat who is clearly the best team in our league didn't tell you i was sweating all day sunday you can't be the best team in the league if he loses three in a row to end the season let's go baby it's me yeah, good job, buddy. I'm so fucking good. Dude, I have missed the goddamn playoffs. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait. I just want to point out. <laughs> the Saints lost the last three games of the season. <laughs> the year they won the fucking Super Bowl. Oh, my God. Matt's going to win the league. I would love... Dude, I don't know if you all could handle if I won this league. I'd be so happy for you. I have talked so much shit about being I'd good at be fantasy happy football. It wasn't Shane or Dusty. <laughs> I've gotten so close so many times. Or, I'm just like, like just I don't honestly, I I don't want Shively to win just because he's so consistently good in this league and at fantasy football. God, even though like he's I, just like he, I don't know. 
I have had a roller coaster of emotions with this fantasy league. All right, I am not bad at fantasy football, even though I barely got snubbed out of the playoffs in big money. Dude, uh, big money, I'm so fucking pissed. <laughs> I was the, the highest scoring team. I just need. I had a terrible record. <laughs> I just needed to win one of the last two games of the season. I score fucking 85 points in both weeks. Yikes. And missed playoffs because fucking Devontae Adams doesn't know how to fucking score touchdowns anymore. <laughs> this is where Devontae Adams comes from. Goes fucking for a 61 yard touchdown <laughs> and then that's it. Fucking <sighs> Calvin Ridley is like, all right, I'm going to get a fucking core injury. I'm not coming back this year. Yeah, so like I'm, I'm basically playing for more pride. Like last year, uh, my I made playoffs in big money, but I got bopped in the first round. And then in my second big money league, which is like slightly less than big big money, I won it. So like, yeah, that was cool. And then like, it's just our league. I haven't made the playoffs in like five years, dude. Five goddamn years. This league treats me like absolute dog shit. I loved when Shively did our giant retrospective, and he basically talked about how I'm the most unlucky person in the league. Right, and it's finally happened. You have a bye. I missed my... I like... Normal circumstances, this... Matt Prater scored me negative points. This is normally the week when I'm sending mass text messages to Kuiper about (laughs) how I want him to change the kicking rules. And not even negative Matt Prater points could stop me from getting a first round bye. I might get bopped next week. I might get bopped next week. But you made playoffs. I made the playoffs, baby. You're the Buffalo Bills from last year. God, hell yeah, I am. Not the Buffalo Bills from this year. Segway, what the fuck happened to them? That was my lock for the week. I thought Buffalo Bills. This was the fat pod lock of the week. I listened to the the episode on my ride home. For the coverage, I thought that they were going to cover. And they, but to be fair, they missed it by one point. (laughs) (laughs) They missed the cover by one point. To be fair, Bills were getting six. To be fair, they're playing from the most defense destroying quarterback. Since Michael Vick. And they held him pretty low. Well, you know what we didn't account for was the wind. Didn't Well, we, yeah. you guys, didn't factor for the wind. Uh, it brought <laughs> oh, back... Oh, you're blaming it on us now. Well, yeah, I, I wasn't here last week. I was driving home. I listened to the episode. I reacted to it. I wasn't here to give my thoughts. I'm um, sure you were sitting in your car on your drive home listening to that episode and going like, didn't think about wind. Didn't think happened. about the wind, did they? Like, no. It's going to be windy. It's going to be a windy day, and we're going to get... Uh, 2018 Josh Allen. That's basically what it was, man. He was overthrowing every single pass, and he had wide open passes. Mm -hmm. If he could have hit a few of them that game, they could have won. Yeah, they really could have, or at least put it in overtime. Like, they had so many chances for momentum early, because Lamar was doing the same thing. Lamar was overthrowing people. Yeah, well, they're both young quarterbacks. They probably don't get to throw that often in those kind of conditions. So you'll, you'll see that happen a lot, where they'll just they'll just miss. They'll just overthrow the fuck. And, and this was the Bills' chance. We'll get to the Chiefs in a little bit, but they won. I mean, the Patriots lost. If the Bills could have taken care of business, they could have put themselves in the driver's seat for the number one seed in the AFC. They would have had the tiebreakers over. They would have had a tiebreaker over the Ravens, and with another game against New England, could have gotten a tiebreaker over them. Yep, and now, now they are pretty much doomed to be the fifth seed. They still have a chance if the Patriots keep losing. I don't see it happening. No, the Patriots 
Do they play the Patriots again? Yeah, they play the Patriots one more time. time. But it's in Foxborough, so it's pretty much a guarantee. And I mean, the Patriots have lost two in a row now, and they're mad. Yeah, they're probably going to rattle. Probably just Although, for the rest I mean, of the season. they got caught for filming the Cincinnati Bengals sidelines and all that shit. You guys see all that stuff? Yeah, did they actually, did they actually admit to that? No, they still haven't admitted to it. Right. Well, apparently it was for some sort of like joint thing where they had permission to do it for some sort of television series or something. But then, like, I was reading some news about it. They went back to the tape. They reviewed the tape, and like, yeah, some of it was for that whatever joint thing but the other bit of it was them eight straight minutes of the sideline yeah of the sideline watching calls and trying to decipher like what sideline signals and stuff were for the cincinnati Bengals, by the way but like i guess that's the patriot way uh that that whole thing and the nfl came out was like or i don't know if they came out but someone was speculating and talking about it that they could be punished heavily for it. Yeah, they could be punished. Like, they understand what the reasoning for it was, and they're okay with it, but also they could be penalized for it and punished. And, I don't know, it's just... The result in suspensions. Well, like, this is Buffalo's chance, like, bringing it back to Buffalo, because I want to talk about them. Well, we should yeah. talk about them a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. This was this was their chance. This was their mountain. Um, I, I guess I, I'm not a Bills fan, Angry and Shane, uh, yeah. My two Bills friends of the world. One of them is a Patreon. Is is this what it feels like to be a Bills fans? To lose five Super Bowls? To like have it within your grasp and then just fuck it up every time? Yeah, basically. I think there's. It's different this time, and the reason I say that for this Buffalo team is that not only are they a very young football team, but this is the best they've looked in a long time despite the conditions or whatever you still held the, the most productive offense in the NFL the most defensive the defense destroying offense in the NFL right now to not a lot and that's a big deal like for at least like as far as your defense is concerned that's a huge deal if your offense is able to go out there and get shit done like the Bills kind of have been with Josh Allen leading these crazy fourth quarter winning game winning drives like he has been. If though if one of those happens in that game, like if Josh Allen doesn't massively overthrow people, that, that game's in their hands. The the defense did everything it could to slow that machine down, and they did a pretty good job. And that's even though even though it was a loss, I think that's something that Buffalo fans should be proud of. And something that they could look forward to in the future as this team grows. Do you think this was kind of a loss that kind of gives opponents like kind of a blueprint of what to do against the Ravens? It might help. It, it depends. I think. Uh, I think personnel wise, the Bills match up pretty well against the Ravens because they're they're you have like a really smash mouth offense against a really like heavy hitter defense. But they're they're kind of they're kind of open to the run a little bit, but it seems like they did a really good job. Like their coaching staff did a really good job of closing that hole. Up I think you. I think part of it was closing that hole. Another uh, part of the equation was again the Ravens are without their starting center now. It's a big deal. And those were those crazy. It, it seems the what the Bills wanted to do on defense, they completely shut Marquise Brown out. He had 
three catches for minus two yards in the game. Yeah. So then it comes down to, obviously, the running game. Lamar Jackson had another 40 yards. He's within, like, 20 yards of Michael Vick's record. Yeah. Mark Ingram does really well. But if you turn him into one dimension, you can start loading the box a little more. and It becomes a little easier to cover them. That's when the Ravens turn to all their tight ends. Who, who's their best tight end? Mark Andrews. Who injured his knee in this game? Mark Andrews. What's that going to tell? What's that going to do to the team? It's going to hurt. That's if if yeah. they if if Mark Andrews, I I haven't seen like what the extent of the injury is. I just He'll know he's back for next week. He's back for next week. Yeah. All right. Okay. I was because that could mean everything. That could be like the Cooper Cup moment of for the Ravens this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, weather aside and everything else, you put a tiny bit of a blueprint together. The way if you can swarm and take out one of Lamar's favorite targets, whether it's Andrews or Brown. And you force them into more one-dimensional type running. Maybe you have a little bit of luck because it was a, a weather game. Wind affected a lot. If you can take out one of his favorite targets and leave it to just one target where he's only looking for one person on the field or then running. And you have enough speed on defense. I think you can handle it. Yeah, the Bills do have a pretty fast defense. I think it helps a lot. Like I said, you have that like, kind of crazy fast smash mouth offense against a defense that's like, aggressive. And fast, uh, they're but they're the most impressive part about the Bills this year. Definitely has been like sort of towards their backfield. Um, they've been really, really good at stopping the pass, and their uh, their run defense, like I said, has been porous. It's kind of similar to the Green Bay defense right right now, and uh, it seems like they worked on that. It really does. It's like they did they did a good job of like kind of keeping the the two big runners on on the Ravens held and. He said, it, it's, a, it's a loss that kind of makes you sad if you're a Bills fan. Because, like, man, you had the chance. You had it. Like the, Josh Allen had the balls of that game in his hands. Oh, I feel, I feel it. Yeah. And he, As a Saints fan, I feel it. Yep, and he just he busted it. Which, like, you'll see young quarterbacks do that a lot. I don't know. But he's... And we all kind of... I think we, we talked about this after Josh Allen was drafted, was that he was going to be more of a project. Compared to some of the other quarterbacks coming from the draft, yeah, and like he's progressing super well, right. like it, it's it, he is doing great. Like as far as like compared to where he was last year, you know, he's you just, doing much better. You just need him to work on that short to intermediate passing, right? He stopped like punching holes in people on the sidelines, right? And he'll he'll get the, he'll get it. He's seen some better ball control. Is the main focus for him. But man, he can sling that motherfucker. <laughs> oh boy, can he sling that fucking pigskin! But yeah, so it's like a it's a loss that sucks, but there's something you could take from it, which is good good news for Bills fans. You, y'all still got a shot at least getting the second seed. Would you rather have a quarterback that can only play on one side of the fifty, or have a quarterback that can only play on one side of the sixty, like Carson Wentz? Damn. Oh, dude. Now, I feel like Carson has half a quarter of an excuse because that team is so depleted. It's bone dry right now. They have have bargain bin backups on defense. Nobody at wide receiver. They're running back. I mean, Miles Sanders has won me a couple of innings. Yeah. But when you use him in, like, Six plays a game. Yeah, they need to use Miles Sanders more. Yeah, I mean he's had they've had success with him. 
But I mean, it is just also a byproduct of the NFC East being shit. Yeah, that entire division's trash. You, you almost had Eli Manning come back up on you like that. I was, I was almost ready for the Eli Manning. Fucking ESPN Monday Night and commentators. Is this Eli's chance to put an exclamation point on his career? Is this his chance to one more time lead a comeback and do something for this team, bruh? He got benched for Danny Change. You under <laughs> you underestimate the fact that they want Chase Young real bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, real bad. Well, now with the the Bengals with the win in their pocket, yes, yeah, the Bengals taking a quarterback and Giants fighting real hard for that second that second draft pick. We'll see what happens. But now that game was trash. That game was mega trash. I, oh god, I couldn't believe it. I was at a smash tournament while that game was happening, and so like in between my matches, I'd sit down at a bar and watch the watch the game. Oh my god! You know, I mean, I was at work as I usually am now a days with my work schedule, but like I was done and on my last break at about eleven o'clock, watching uh, the game go down and just ugh. It was pathetic. That was, that was two pathetic teams. What do you guys, a pathetic game. What do you guys reads on uh, Darius Slayton? Do you think he could be like the next like? Do you think he could have like a Odo Beckham impact on the team? Ah, dude, potentially. You need to you need to see it happen first. It, no one. Tell, correct me if I'm wrong, but no one like the Odell impact. Didn't really happen until he had that Odell one-handed catch moment. Am I wrong? Like nobody was talking about Odell Beckham until that moment. His stats were still good before that moment, though, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they were. Yeah, so like he was already a productive receiver, and then like, then that happened. Mm. And then it was like, holy fuck, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So you get you, you, those kind of moments, like that explosiveness that happens that happened in Odell Beckham's career. Like it's something that you have to build up to, and you can certainly be on the right path. It's hard to tell. Receiving in the NFL is very volatile unless you're Michael Thomas. And there you can have those kind of games where you look like you're Odell Beckham again in the Giants. Or you can be um, Jordy Nelson's final game as an Oakland Raider. Oh. <laughs> they, there's so much that goes into like what you're going to get as a receiver unless you're in that elite class. So, you know, you keep beggars, as far as that kind of stuff goes, beggars can't be choosers. But I think there's a chance for sure. You know what I loved last year? Hmm. <laughs> Week one, Monte Davis retiring <laughs> as a Buffalo Bill. That was watching my friend Shane pop off at that happening. That was one of my favorite moments that's ever happened in football. God, we gave him so much shit for that on this very podcast. We did. We memed him for like weeks. That shit was funny as fuck. My god. Man. <laughs> Talk about some balls. Holy shit. <laughs> fuck this shit. Yeah, it was like just did the fuck this shit I'm out and I mean, then just went. I mean it worked out for him. Now he's not playing for a team that's one of the best in the NFL. Hey. <laughs> Can you imagine just quitting your job mid shift? Uh, like it's happened. I've seen it happen. But have you ever thought about like a person making millions of dollars quitting mid shift? <laughs> no. <laughs> makes it t- millions of dollars, makes it to lunch break. 
Nah, dude, I'm. <laughs> I I'm about to head out. <laughs> <laughs> this, I I'm gonna head out. It just this gone. ain't it, chief. <laughs> no, my flashlight's on. Justin, turn your flashlight off. This favorite, is a fucking podcast. That's my least favorite part about an iPhone is my uh, somehow my my fucking flashlight just turned. Is on. it a problem with the new iPhones? No, I don't, well, I you know like, what? I have a problem turning it on. Like, look, all right. So the flashlight button, it's not like under the utilities. It's just right on the lock screen now. But like, if I just tap it, it doesn't turn on. If I just fucking tap it, it doesn't turn on. I have to like hold it in for it to turn on. I didn't know it was on the lock screen. But that's, yeah, open like, your lock screen. Look at your bottom left. You just have a really weird uh, wallpaper. Oh, it's uh, it's Snom from the new Pokemon. Oh, game. it is Snom. It's a lot of Snoms. <gasps> Snom. <laughs> is that your favorite Pokemon from this? Oh yeah, it's my favorite Pokemon from the new generation. Mine yeah. is Dragapult. I love how he shoots little babies at other people. <laughs> He's uh currently the most frequently used Pokemon in uh competitive. What Dragapult? Mm-hmm. Well, all right. I've always been a fan of meta. Yeah, he's a good good meta guy. He's really powerful. It's good typing. Yep. It's too good. My favorite stocks just to be... Yeah, great. Oh, he's so good, too. He was in my final team. That was my first shiny this game. Are you comparing? We have the same exact phone. We have the same exact phone. I don't know why I'm comparing. I have a black order box on mine. You have no case. (laughs) Don't tell our listeners that I don't case my phone. No case. He goes in raw every day. Matt, I watch you hold your phone... And I get nervous. <laughs> I, look, man, I'm just a bareback kind of boy. I know you, man. you had that. You had that iPhone six for like what four years? Yeah, and not really too many substantial issues. Besides the one time me and you were drunk together, and you dropped that son of a bitch, and we were convinced that you broke it. We were, and then we <laughs> drove out to an Apple store, and they just cleaned some lint out, and they're like, "Yo, yeah. you're good." <laughs> man. Raw dog's life. <laughs> I do, man. I take life by the dog and raw it. <laughs> <laughs> totally this episode, take life by the dog. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, God. Can I? Can I? Can I bitch about the Packers for a little bit? I know you already did it once. We, we did. We did a little bit, but I'll let you bitch about the Packers because I got to use the this, bathroom. Okay, go I've ahead. I've been drinking White Claw Liquid Death and Gatorade. Go simplify your health, prostate health. <laughs> and I drank a shit ton of coffee to get me through work tonight. I need you kids to not forget it is still our the year of our Lord twenty nineteen. And we are still standing men's prostate health. So go show off that healthy prostate. I'm going to go uh, check my prostate. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll, I'll let you have a mental image of that for a moment. <laughs> check your flow. Well, that's, no, I, I, that's what I wanted you to do. I, don't stick your finger up your bum. Like I mean, did. like, apparently it feels pretty good. Apparently. <laughs> Not that I've Where ever. Have you been the past your whole life? <laughs> Not that I've that ever. That feeling you get when you take a good shit. It's not because you're emptying your bowels. It's because you're touching your prostate. Uh, yeah, but then like when you poke your prostate, you can like make other things happen. <laughs> you ever Go you ever milk a man? <laughs> Go pee. <laughs> okay. The Packers. All right, so yeah, Packers Redskins. A game if y'all remember last week, I called being much closer than you would expect. Yeah. You have a you have a team with two good running backs against a defense that 
is bad against the run. You're gonna get shit happening to you. There's a little more than that that went wrong in that game, and I'm not happy about it. The Redskins played worse than they have the past couple weeks, and so have the Packers. You could call it playing down to your opponent. I call it, we're the Pittsburgh Steelers of two years ago. Here we are. What's weird to me is the Redskins came out and said their game plan is to shut down Aaron Jones. Yeah. If you take away Aaron Jones, you're going to make Aaron Rodgers throw the ball. Three years ago, that game plan... Would have been the worst game plan that existed. unthinkable. Right. But besides the point... We're going to shut out Eddie Lacy and force Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball in his fat years. But aside from that, you're going to shut... You didn't shut down Aaron Jones. Not at all. He went off. But you still stop the Packers, in a sense. Yeah. But you, you couldn't get yourself going, but you did do what you wanted to do. Yeah, they kind of did what they wanted to do defensively, which is like force Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball a lot. The thing is, he threw a lot to Aaron Jones, <laughs> which is kind of what he's been doing all year. Aaron Jones has been like a great target for passing as well, which is kind of... I'm glad he's formed into that role a little better because it's kind of something that Green Bates needed. It's a good pass-catching back. But, man, I, if, I don't like it. If I needed to... If I needed to get five yards, I'd put in Aaron Jones. You just if you want five yards, just run Aaron Jones up. If I needed to get a tough five yards, I'd put in Jamal Williams. Yeah, sometimes, or he might give you a really tough half a yard. Jamal, a it, lot. Jamal is gonna fight so hard to get whatever you need. He does. He does fight harder to get what Aaron Jones can usually get by flopping forward. <laughs> but sometimes that really hard fighting turns into something that Jones couldn't have picked up. Right. Because he is more of like a... He's he's less of a hard hitter, more of like an elegant back, where Williams just literally just pounds you in the face and like fights as hard as he can. It's, it's kind of weird work. because you had Eddie Lacy and James Starks at the same time. Yeah. Eddie Lacy, for the majority of Eddie Lacy's years, was the better back. He was yeah. the Big pounding, guy. you know, pounding back. Mm-hmm. And now you have almost the same thing in James Star or in Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams where but the roles are reversed. You're predominantly using Aaron Jones more. You're it's like you're using James Starks more in now than you would Eddie Lacy. Right. And it's it's working out pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's just like goes to show how the leaks evolving and everything. Yeah. It, it, they're more into that. Offenses are shifting towards that more finesse style play, right. which is kind of the offense that the Packers are this year. But fun, fun thing that's happening is um, it's not working the best for a lot of teams in the NFL. Being that kind of really finesse offense, because as as we keep saying over and over again, as as casual listeners of the NFL continue to complain about how the offense just dominates the game and it's the only thing that matters. The only great teams in the NFL this year have amazing defenses. And like it's, uh, some of them have like better offenses to complement them, like Baltimore that kind of pushes them over the edge. Like Their defense has been playing great, but their offense is what's been winning them games. But then you look at every other team. 
look at all of the other good teams. Like the Niners, the Niners is predicated on their defense. The thing that's been pushing the Saints over the edge this year has been their defense. Um, you have uh, the Bills have had been doing fantastic with their defense. Pittsburgh is pushing for what might be a wild ass fucking wild card run with literally just their defense and nothing else. They had a they had a uh, special teams play this week. They did. They had a very good very good punt return touchdown against the Cardinals cuz the Cardinals are bad. <laughs> this was Kyler Murray's worst week as a rookie. Yeah. By far. Uh, when you that play against that defense. Kills, dude, that defense kills quarterbacks. It kills them. But it wasn't even, it was just the decision making. Yeah, Who's getting the sixth seed? The Patriot or uh, the Steelers or the Titans? It's going to be an interesting run. I, as far as like, if you just look at it on paper, the Titans should get it. I'm praying but it's the, the Steelers. Steelers. The Steelers have. I don't want the Titans to make the playoffs again. <laughs> the Steelers have defied what we've had on paper for them this entire year. So, I, yeah, no, it goes point. in the uh, Kuiper's rant from last week's Fad Pod episode about Tomlin finally deciding to coach. And finally realizing that he had to. Um, but the Titans, dude. They're, the motherfucking Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill walks in. <laughs> Big hey, dick swinging. Man, if only Miami had a good quarterback. Hey, Kuiper. Have you seen the new Gridiron Heights? <laughs> nah, dude. Nah, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a week behind. I, don't, I haven't seen. I'll watch it Sunday and I'll message you. There was a Steelers thing, in it, and <laughs> it was names crossed off in like the cubbies, and it was Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger. And then it's Tomlin sitting there, and then Duck Hodges comes in, and it's like, I'm Duck Boy. <laughs> and then Tomlin goes, if that's the weirdest thing I had to deal with this year, then fuck it. <laughs> um, it's true, dude. Oh, my God. I just, the duck crazes. Bigger, weirdest things, the Minshew mustache or the Hodges duck call. I don't, weirdest thing? Yeah. Definitely the Duck Hodges shit. Like, I understand people getting getting crazy about a crazy mustache. It's a crazy mustache. People fucking bringing duck collars to the Steelers Stadium. I understand, like, you guys are really Dude, happy about this. they were told not this. to, too. That is yeah. crazy. They're still doing it anyway. You can't stop that shit. I can't wait for Minshew to have a... A football team? Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick career. Oh, yeah, for Dude, sure. Dude, it might be what he's going to be. What if Fitzpatrick, too... Anyway, uh, like circling back, uh, Patrick too. Our mustache boo, <laughs> mustache boo, must ma. I tried mustache loo, mustache loo. So, anyway, why Fitzpatrick too? Electric mustache loo. Electric. <laughs> anyway, from our boy Warren Sharp. Yeah, our, our lad, our lord. The Tennessee Titans offense. Analytics for a minute here. Yeah, they're scoring one point per minute of possession since Ryan Tannehill took over. I don't know how you break that shit down, but every minute that they have the ball, they're putting one point on the board. That's by far number one in the NFL. The NFL average for offensive points scored per minute of possession is 0.57. They are doubling that right now with Ryan Tannehill 
in Derrick Henry. First, Tennessee, you know, 1.0. Like I said, one point per minute of possession. Who do you think is second? Quarterback-wise? No, this is a team. Oh, this is team? Team-wise. Um, Has to be the Ravens, right? Yes. Who's tied with them for second place? Carolina? Uh, yeah. No. Oh. Uh, the Niners? No. Minnesota? Oh, you know what? You know what? That makes sense because of their... Niners are, Niners are next. You have okay. Minnesota and Baltimore tied at two at .73 points. They're scoring .73 points a minute that they have the ball. Right after that is San Francisco at .72. Then tied for uh, fifth place, you have Dallas, which is kind of nuts, but you figure the way they beat up on bad teams but lose to good teams, it kind of equals out. Yeah. Then you have Kansas City at .7 also. Kansas City... With, like, at times their offense looks so anemic this year. It's night and day from last year. Bust. Their team, yeah, their team this year, their offense at least, has been bust a shit ton out in one quarter and then, like, try to hold the game up. Not even just that. Their team, Kansas City confuses me. That their offense was so good last year, or even like last year, they scored on their first possession in almost every game. And this year, the first quarter is their worst quarter. First yeah, and fourth good. quarter are their worst quarters, which is so not good. Yeah, and it's the worst. And they the team doesn't know how to play with a lead. I've I've gone into that. I, I talked to you guys about the graph a few weeks ago. How yeah. Pat Mahomes' winning chances go down when he has a lead in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like it's so fucking stupid. Andy Reid gets his own head up his head up his ass, and they forget how to call plays and do stupid run, shit. Run, 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 punt, run, 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 punt with with backs that aren't working for you. And calling screen plays and doing swing passes and all this stuff. And apparently, like Mahomes had a bruised hand or something in this game, so it's just another injury. But they didn't run enough with Darwin Thompson. When again, when he had the ball, he looked great. I love to hear the uh, running backs coach being like, be like, I went around Andy Reid just. Put him in. <laughs> yeah, that was, thank God He's for great. that. Yeah, because he look, he looked pretty good. He is good. He is the future of this team. You're not going to get it out of Daryl or Damian Williams. You're not going to get it out of Lashawn. Fumble my ass, McCoy. Right. He's just old, dude. You brought back Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware, I love you, but you're two years ago. Are you old again? Another old you, guy. You just you're not. It's not there. And and there, as you guys have said last week, as you guys said last week, and. That I've been wanting to say, the Chiefs need a running game. Not bad, horribly. Mahomes bad. can't do it all himself, and he hasn't. He he's been statistically playing some of the worst games of his career the last few weeks. And thank God the defense steps up. Call it what you want with the the penalties or things going against the Patriots' way. One, that's karma for last year's AFC Championship. Suck my ass. <laughs> Two. They had how many chances to punch it in from the three yard line? Yeah, four. Couldn't. Right, they couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Their only touchdowns were on a what? A flea flicker and another trick play? And they had a blocked punt? That's what the Patriots' offense has been all year. If you can if you can stop them in the red zone, because their, their only options for moving the ball up the field are like like running the have, ball, that which hasn't been anywhere near as effective as it's been in the past, or like short passes from Tom Brady. He hasn't been able to complete the ball very well long. His receivers are not in tune with him. I don't know whose fault it is. And it, well, I just, they, they don't have the best receivers. I'm inclined to agree with my boy Nick Wright that Julian Edelman is not a Hall of Fame receiver. He just happens to be the guy that 
gets open enough for them, but he, he doesn't do it. And he, he had a good flop on that last play of the game where he wasn't touched by Breland, but then flopped to the ground trying to gain the flag. He's a good actor, but... Anyway, side's point. Tom Brady has the fastest release in the NFL still, even at his age. But his offensive line couldn't keep him protected long enough for Frank Clark, Clark Jones, or Chris Jones and the like. Kansas City's defense is playing up to par. Yeah. The offense is not. And you have all the speed. Thank God McCole Hardman uh, dragged this team out of its ass again with another big play. Yeah. That play was he, he's doing he's doing things that are so good. I know he's because he's getting open because teams are, have to cover Watkins, Kelsey, Robinson, and Hill. But he's taking his chances and going. He might not have the exact stats of uh, McLaughlin. Is it the Washington receiver? Yeah, Tyler McLaughlin. McLaren. McLaren. That's what it is. Yeah. But he, I, I feel like McColl is. His yards per catch and touchdowns are almost better anyway. I just, he would be my wide receiver rookie of the year, but I'm a Chiefs fan, so of course I'm going to say that. But again, I think Michael Thomas should be win rookie of the year. Well, okay. He can win everything. He's just the best. Spagnolo is doing things on defense and making adjustments and changing the way the defense plays in. Bless his heart for that because that's something Bob Sutton never did. Bob Sutton was like, we're going to run this, uh, I don't know, 3-4 man and hope it works. Oh, it's not working? Okay, uh, let's run a 3-4 man. <laughs> Spags, Spags runs 4-3, but then he's switched recently. We've been playing a lot of nickel. And he switches between man and zone. The pass rush has been working. Frank Clark's coming alive. The defense is getting their shit done. They moved from a mid-tier defense. They're almost top 10, dude. Kansas City's defense is almost top 10. That's good offense to has to fucking get their shit together. Andy Reid, get game. your head out your ass. They just need a running game. And I was scared because people can just sell out to... The thing is, teams can just... I mean, and that's what they're doing. They're just they're, selling out to stop Mahomes. They're selling, they're selling out to stop Mahomes. And Mahomes, because he hurt his ankle for the first half it's of the year, then mobile. he dislocated his knee, and then he hurt his hand. Uh, he's starting to get happy feet, and it scares me. He's turning, he he's taking a little too much from Alex Smith. I feel like he's happy feet and holding the ball. Well, y- you want him to extend plays and hold the ball. He's reminding me a lot of actually Andrew Luck. All right, that's a fair comparison because he's just like he's taking considerable considerable beating to drag his team kicking and screaming to wins, and like it, the thing is, it is catching up to him at much more of a rapid pace. I could agree with that, but that, again, I think that's why I'm happy to see the defense playing better. Um, I, I just, if both sides could click, dude, yep. if both sides could click, it's this team could team. win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It needs, dude. But they can't play with game. a lead. They they need a running game, and they need to learn to stay aggressive. You can't play with a lead unless you have a running game. You can't play with the lead unless you can run the football. That's like no, that's, that's like a st- that's a st- statistically true thing. I mean, you typically don't win games if you don't have a running game. No, no, no. I mean, that's fair. What, what we got? That's why Darwin Thompson needs to play more. Jesus fucking Christ! Let me see. Well, what is it? Papa John's founder blames his use of the O on Kanye and Colonel. <laughs> no, you can't say that, Papa John's. Dude, Papa John's is uh. The real life Joker. Forty, he, pizzas, in 30 days, 40 pizzas in thirty days. 
sweating garlic butter, says okay. that his wife divorces him. This man is about to become a villain. This is the greatest villain origin story that we've ever seen in real life. Can't wait for him to, I can't wait coming. for him to, to dress The day of reckoning is coming and he's going to cause it. Dude, I can't wait for him to dress up in like an all red spandex suit and then have the Papa John's logo <laughs> on like the breast of it. But then like he has like a, a wingsuit made out of Papa, old Papa Papa's in the house. Made out of the, made out of the forty pizzas he ate in thirty days. Did I say that, Corey? I said it is too late. <laughs> yeah, just goes into Rob Bank. Papa's in the house. Shoots at the ceiling. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> anyway, enough about Papa John's. Back to Kansas City. No, just, dude, I want them, dude. It's the <sighs> that's the dude. It's the one thing that. I've been living like, off. It's so li- apparent. Oh well, yeah, for sure. There's 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 things about the team that I just want to change. Everything we talked about, Andy Reid getting his shit together. It has been nice to uh, slurp on the tears of Patriots fans this week. Oh though. yeah, I can imagine. Dude. They have been, they have been. So the triangle has officially changed because well, is- we had the Patriots on the outside of the triangle. Which let me bring the conversation to the Patriots for a second. How many chances? If the until we see them in the postseason. I just got to keep putting them at number one. They're, they're going to get it together. No, fuck that. Well, I don't necessarily say fuck that, but like, how many chances do we give them? Because this was a game where they needed to they needed to keep winning to not only stay ahead, not only keep the one seed, but two to stay ahead in the division. Yeah, they're lucky Buffalo lost. Now, what happened? Buffalo can still beat New England. And then they have the same record. And I don't know how the tiebreakers and division record shit work. I guess it should go to division record next. All right. I don't know. Okay. I don't know exactly what the division record is. But the, the fact that the Patriots, they, they can always drop Patriots a game have. or two. They always drop the game to Miami. But then they, they still get the one seed. They still get the two seed. Like, they still get the one seed. Last year, they got to the Super Bowl as the two seed. Mm-hmm. They are Dayton. Now, their only tough game left is against Buffalo. So maybe it, it, it's still going to work out in their favor. But, well, it's New England. They'll take care of business. Fad Pod Boys. They'll take care of business. This Ravens game is the stereotypical, well, this is the chance. The, Raven, the Patriots are finally going to play a good team. This is our chance to see what they're made of. Maybe they'll actually lose. You know, nah, it's the Patriots' ways. We see it all the time. They're just going to blow out the Ravens. They got blown out by the Ravens. You know, they, they've, ha- they've controlled against Pat Mahomes. They've controlled against, or no, Texans last week. Mm-hmm. No, they're good at taking. Belichick's great at taking care of young quarterbacks. This defense is, you know, the first few weeks of the season, elite of the elite, better than all those Bears defenses of the past and everything. They always get it done. They had that loss against the Ravens. This is where they show what kind of team they are playing against one of the top teams in the AFC. Destroyed. Coming against Kansas City. Oh, they're 2-0 against Mahomes. They they don't lose two in a row. This isn't Foxborough. This is to guarantee them the one seed. This is to get everything going for this team the way it always does. They lose. Maybe you call against the penalties, but defense played well for Kansas City. You can overcome one or two plays from penalties. Yeah. And it's not like plays didn't happen against the Chiefs that didn't get called. It was just a weird one of those games. And what they do? It's all the time. They lost again. Now they're on the verge of not getting the two seed. If they drop to the Bills, maybe they still win the division off tiebreakers. But now they could lose the two seed to the Chiefs. 
I think. Because they gave the Patriots three losses. Yeah. Yeah, Kansas City's only got four losses. So if the Patriots lose to the Bills, Kansas City tied up the AFC West. They're a guaranteed division winner. If Kansas City wins out and the Patriots lose to the Bills, Kansas City usurps them for the two seed. And then, well, no, Texans. Texans take the two seed, right? I hope not. It depends on if they keep winning. The Texans have to keep winning, too. Yeah, the Texans Actually, have to keep winning if also. The, if the Titans win out in the same but scenario, I, have to take you, the Titans. Well, that brings me, brings me to my uh, the echelon of maybe we put the Patriots outside of the new AFC triangle because of what we expect from them and what we think or what we expect from them or think that they could do in the postseason. But... There's enough chinks in the armor that we're seeing the regular season. We don't know about the postseason. Maybe the AFC is actually just Kansas City, Houston, Baltimore. Like, you, you have the Patriots who, I, I just don't know. You have the Steelers. That defense is scrappy. Offense, Duck Hodges has, like, two good throws a game. Yeah. I mean, that's all Steelers, he needs. Yeah, that Steelers are so Still better than Mason. Their defense is so good that all he needs to do is, like, Complete two literally nice long bombs every game. You have the Titans playing some of their best football right now, but it's a little too little too late because they stayed in on Marcus Mariota for too many weeks. Yep. Buffalo, unfortunately, they play behind the Patriots. Now, if they win in Foxborough and they get a chance at the division, all hands on deck for the Patriots if they lose to Buffalo. I I don't want I don't have it in me to say, well, they how many times again as at I've home said, too? That's well, the thing. Like if they yeah, lose but this, was, this game against home. Kansas City was at home. That's the thing. We, it's in Foxborough. They don't lose two in a row. It's, Patriots, it's don't Patriots don't lose this. Patriots don't lose that. It's different. But in they've division. been losing them. It's different in division to home. You know when the last time they lost to a division opponent at home? I, I obviously it's been a great no many years. But I just I need I need to put it out there. <laughs> All right, Corey. I need to just like. Put plant the seed in the people's minds that this could be the beginning of the end, especially if they start getting chastised and super punished for this Bengals taping. Like they got caught for videotaping and cheating again. What happens if they lose another couple draft picks to not use on wide receivers in the first two rounds again? I'm not taking it as the beginning of the end because two years ago, week one. Patriots lost to the Chiefs, forty-two to twenty-seven. It's really weird how, like, at that and time, everybody at the time was calling it's the end for the Patriots. I'm not gonna take the end of the Patriots as until a thing, it's the actual end until I actually see them go five and eleven. Is without just, Bill, it's without weird Tom. To me. Like it, when you want to put like the parallels between that Chiefs loss and this Chiefs loss, it's really silly how both games after are Cincinnati and the biggest like thing from Belichick at the we're on to Cincinnati, we're on to Cincinnati. Well, now he can't even really talk about that this week because he's getting all the questions about Spygate Two Electric Mustache Lou. And it just there's a lot of weird things going on with the organization, and. I just don't have it in me to be like they'll they'll correct the course they'll, until they if they win when they play their first playoff game. That's how you'll really be able to judge them for sure how they look in the playoffs. If they get bopped in their first playoff game, look out. If they win their first playoff game, I think they're going to the Super Bowl. There's a, if they win their first game, 
they're going to win the AFC Championship game. Hands down. I just don't see them losing that game, even if it's against the Ravens. Also, the uh, the Patriots, just a quick aside, Patriots have played 13 games of football this year. Take a crack at how many teams above 500 they've beaten. How many, Justin? It's two. One of them was against a Pittsburgh Steelers team that was crumbling in week one and not knowing what its identity was. Um, and then the after that was the Buffalo game that they only won because they concussed Josh Allen. Are you uh, are you uh, dropping some hints? Am I smelling what you're stepping in that the Patriots are the AFC Dallas Cowboys? They're the Dallas Cowboys with the football coach. They're the AFC Houston Texans. <laughs> oh my God! The Texans. Oh God! The, te- the Texans. The boys, I still think the Texans are bad. They they are. They are the they're the Deshaun Watson show. They're Patriots don't need <laughs> Patriots don't need the one seed or the two seed if they get to play the Texans in It'll the matter. wild card. Right, it won't matter. They'll just get the Texans will just get blown out. I don't care that they just lost to the Texans. Well yeah, playoff football is different. Playoff Texans is a different animal. <laughs> Texans are fucking terrible. I just I don't know I don't know what to think of it. I, you lose two in a row like this, and, and the three teams that they've lost to are the other three best teams in the AFC. The three teams that are their most competition, and if they don't get a first round bye, they have to win three playoff games to get to the Super Bowl. They're going to have to beat the Texans, which yeah, again we just talked about they should, but then they have to beat Kansas City. Maybe they beat Kansas City, then they got to beat Baltimore. You know. They they would have to. I swear to God, if the Patriots make the playoffs and then beat the three teams that beat them, all hands off deck. I don't fucking know what to do anymore. <laughs> I, I, I will be so dumbfounded. Kuiper would be right. He would be. I don't know, oh man. Fuck you, Kuiper. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be right. I just like, if they don't, if they, I don't see any and them like turning around what they have right now, then we know where they're going to end up. They're gonna to lose to one of the good teams. Even even the Texans are a good, great team. Like Deshaun Watson's great. Sit, and then they walked into Houston and got bopped. That score wasn't indicative of how that game went. The Patriots got fucking handled in that game. And then yeah, then they go to Kansas City and like, well, then it looks like they went they went home and played Kansas City, a, a team that. Uh, Matt has been saying has had its own faults. You lose that game too. You snap a 21 game home winning streak. It's not counting in your division, by the way. In your division, in their division goes back further. In like, that wasn't obviously a division game, but still, that's the Patriots of old are the kind of team that wins 21 straight home games. Their big problem right now, I think, is they had the blueprint for Kansas. City Chiefs, which was run the ball, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, and they couldn't do that. Yeah, they couldn't run the ball. They they haven't been able to run the ball for no, a lot of the season. Year. Yeah, they've been having troubles. Sonny Michelle, who's supposed to be this great running back for them, has just not been great. And like I, I'm on the be- at the beginning of the year, I was on the board that you know they're going to try to save Sonny Michelle for the playoffs, use him more like what they did, what L.A. did. That they had a fresh pair of legs under uh, 
CJ Anderson last year in the playoffs, and they were just right. able to demolish people running the ball with a fresh pair of legs. And that's what I was kind of buying into at first with them with Sony Sony Michelle, and then like we're getting down the stretch here, and they're trying to use them, and he's just not getting anything going. Yeah, it's not working out for them right now. And a lot of that could be that their offensive line play has been worse. I'm not right. sure, but mm. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm definitely people. Anybody who's probably sensible and doesn't like, just like, is more of a like a stats guy when it comes to football, is gonna see that obviously this Patriots team is not the same, and that that can't, and unless crazy Belichick voodoo shit happens, you're not gonna see that same reflection in the playoffs either. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. All right. So let's go. Into this hypothetical. Okay. If Kuiper, would, if Kuiper was here, he wanted us to tell you that the Patriots are the victim in this Cincinnati videotaping thing. Okay, explain. All right. I don't, I don't know. That's just what he said. But I want to go into this hypothetical. Okay, go for it. All right. Patriots go through this year, win or loss, Super Bowl or not. And then none of the punishments would be dished out until the beginning of next year, like all punishments do. Potentially, yeah. If it's a coach suspension, does Belichick come back? I think Belichick does, yeah. He's trying to completely distance himself from it, but I don't think he could. It doesn't matter, because like right. there was the fucking Greg Williams thing from the Saints. It was all Greg Williams. It still happened under Sean Payton's watch. Sean Payton got suspended for the year. That's just how it happens. Like, Imagine it if this is the way it ends. Belichick gets suspended for a year. Brady retires. I mean, these are all ifs, ands, or buts. What ifs, dreams, whatever. But like, could happen. Yeah. I feel like Belichick would definitely come back. Belichick, for 100% certain, would come back from getting suspended. I, I have no doubt in my mind he would. My my thing right now is, like, we, we're seeing Belichick do the NFL 100 stuff. And that's what Belichick, he's a huge football historian. Like, the one thing he loves more than football is football history. And so that makes sense that he's doing that, where he doesn't really, doesn't normally talk, he doesn't talk to the media at all, really. If you think about it but then he's doing this broadcasting mm. so what if this is him trying to transition into broadcasting if he was able to do have like the cushy like you know Tony Romo job where he like you have to do some research each week but it's not like you have to mentally prepare for a new opponent each week You're like your opponent is just being able to fill dead time I think if Belichick I feel like he could do that, but only if he thought in his deepest of his heart that he couldn't or didn't have a shot at a playoff run. That's like this is my thoughts of it. If he if he went into it thinking I don't have the team, I don't have the team anymore, that's when he retires. He doesn't strike me as the guy that would like retire on the top and he doesn't strike me as the guy that would fizzle out. He he would he would before he would like keep going and then before the fizzle out be like I right, am done. Maybe not necessarily like go out on top. I don't no, see I him like, like retiring after a Super Bowl win. He but has like, to like 
Nah, because there's a point he has to prove still. Like, like this this team has kind of a thing where they they're gonna want to prove it that they can do it, you know, despite everything. It'd be a good time to do it this year, where the, the entire storyline behind the New England Patriots has been. Is this uh, the year that they're done? Right. This is well. This is the year they're struggling the most that they have in a very long time. It's funny that we're saying they're struggling the most when they're ten and three. Right. That that's that's the thing about the Patriots. It's ridiculous that like this is them struggling, but their wins have also come against some of the worst teams in the NFL. And it, it's it's a similar situation to the Dallas Cowboys, except they get the Patriots have the luxury of playing even less good teams. It's not it's not their fault that they're in the NFC East. Right. But like. It's it makes it harder to tell if how good you really are. It's not their fault that they got to play against the AFC North. Yeah, which is like right. Ugh. Ugh. They did. They're just getting lucky with that kind of stuff. I don't know. Where they can, where can people find that? For first, yeah, got first we got shade of the week. Mm. I don't know about shade of the week. Uh, but you know what we do need to talk about before we can tell people where they can find us. Uh, betting lines? Yeah, betting lines. Just because Kuiper's not here, we can do some betting lines. Mine might not be the uh, official same ones as Kuiper, but I got some betting lines here. Okay. Uh, we'll start with the uh, unfortunate Thursday night game this week. Baltimore versus the Jets. Uh, Baltimore's 14.5 point favorites. Not touching that shit. I'll be watching the game awards instead. <laughs> Man, I have to work this. Th- I usually have Thursdays so off. Anyway, I work anyway, until ten. Besides point, uh, Kansas City is nine and a half point favorites against Denver. Uh, San Francisco is eleven point favorites against Atlanta. A lot of big favorites this week. Seattle is a six point favorite against Carolina. Uh, New England is a nine and a half point favorite against Cincinnati. Uh, Tampa Bay is only a three and a half point favorite over Detroit. Maybe you look at that, but Tampa Bay's offense is. It depends on your touchdown to Jameis Winston interception ratio that you get. Uh, Green Bay is four and a half point favorites over the Bears only. Only four and a half points. Bears are above 500 now. I don't know what we think about this. Mitch Trubisky's been playing better the last couple weeks since we've been throwing him under the bus. I think that's a high scoring game. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, uh, that's one that like you kind of like. Mm, take, I think I'm gonna take the over. Uh, your next, there. your next tank bowl of 2019, Miami versus the Giants. The Giants are three and a half point favorites. I don't Ooh. know if you. I feel like I take Miami in this game yeah. and go away with it because Miami they've, doesn't they've seem to tank. Been winning games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee is only a three point favorite against Houston. Divisional game. Divisional game. Divisional games are so and, volatile. I mean, I, you, this it, could, it's interesting this that Houston. The, this is. Uh, it's, it's not. This, gonna, could, this could be the classic Titans six to three game. Yeah. It could be. Uh, I'm trying. I don't see their. Like, yeah, the over under is fifty. Blah blah blah. I wasn't looking for any of that. I hate the Titans. Yeah, I don't want the Titans to make the playoffs the way they play Kansas City. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> I feel like I don't. Th- I don't think they're their bad. They're a bad team. But they have ways of producing some of the worst games. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, watch, yeah, yeah, I feel watch, it, yeah. Like, entertainment-wise, like, yeah, it's fucking mm-hmm. terrible to watch. Um, Philadelphia is a four-and-a-half-point favorite on Washington. Uh, Cleveland is only a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Arizona. 
Arizona is still one of the best teams at covering the spread. Maybe you pick them, but then they outright win that game, maybe. Uh, Where's the game at? Is it in Arizona, you said? uh, Glendale, Arizona, yes. Yeah, so uh, maybe since Odell won't be in Cleveland, he won't feel lost. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. There's your shade of the week from the fad pod, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Um Oakland is a six and a half point favorite against Jacksonville after getting blown out two straight weeks in a row. Do you pick Jacksonville in this game? Against Oakland? Yeah. Yeah. Oakland's gotten blown out two weeks in a row. I, don't, I feel like Jacksonville's an easy pick here. Uh, here's here's your spicy here's your spicy one. This is in L.A., but. The Vikings are only two and a half point favorites over the Chargers. Spicy game. Interesting. Normal circumstances, bet the Vikings going away. Throw the Kirk Cousins fucking equations out the window. We've been trying to add to it every week. I don't know what to think of this man anymore. I don't know what to think of the Vikings. He might have just gotten finally gotten his shit together. I don't know. Here's 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 if that wasn't a head scratcher. Here's the biggest head scratcher. Rams versus Cowboys. It's in Dallas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rams are only Rams are the favorites. They're favorites by one point. It's basically a pick 'em game. Taking the Rams. I don't take know how you don't take the Rams in this game since the Cowboys can't beat anyone over five hundred. But then the Rams have shown weird signs as well this year. So, well, the thing is, the Cowboys are aren't going to be good at pressuring Jared Goff. So, it's going to be really... When with their... It's going to be really easy for them to run all over Dallas. That's fair. Dallas' defense has been a disappointment this year. Another interesting one for you. Pittsburgh is two-point favorites. It's in Pittsburgh. (coughs) Pittsburgh are two-point favorites against the Bills. Mm. I don't think I want to touch that game. I think I'm staying far the fuck away from this game. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. That game could go. That really game could really swing the other way. Pittsburgh can score three points. Yep. Well, yeah. In fact, they're good for about ten. Good for about ten. Hodges has two good throws in him to James Washington a game. I wouldn't put money on it. I mean, I'm not putting money on this game at all. And then you have New Orleans. If you you told me that the Pittsburgh Steelers (coughs) were going up against a top half of league defense... And you said, do they get a field goal? I'd be like, no fucking way. <laughs> I don't know, man. Doc finds a way. He, he, he's he got two good throws in him. Um, he, he opens them wings and flaps, baby. And then finally you have the Saints as nine-point favorites against the Colts. Hey, holy shit. Um, yeah. We're, they're mad after this loss. We we should have talked about this last week when we were talking about the because I know we brought it up before. We were talking we were talking about it with the Ravens. They had three big wins, emotional wins against you know playoff teams. Saints were coming off four straight divisional games against the 49ers. Yeah, which is wild, by the way. That's a wild stretch. Right. They won three of them. That should have been like that. We should have talked about that being like an emotional, like exhaustion game for yeah. them. Which, it, from the defensive standpoint, it looked like it was. Yeah, they still like the way they're able to still do battle like that despite it. 
The Saints are such a good football team. Being able to play through that kind of thing and, like, I barely lose, like, all of your momentum. Like, they, and that's not like they really lost all their momentum. Right. They kept up with that. Like, like the the defense couldn't make up for the offense was letting big shit happen. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's insane that they're keeping up with that. I, I, I think the Saints will blow them out. So I would take the Saints in that. Mm. They're, they're, they're going to be the, the pissed I'll you, off. I'll tell you this much. I'm 100% like not that I ever put money on games with Kansas City, but I'm taking the I'm taking the Broncos with the nine and a half points. Kansas City doesn't know how to play with a lead, and the Broncos have looked pretty decent the last couple weeks with yes, they have. Locke as their quarterback. Drew yep, Locke. Drew Locke. He, he's been playing decent. And Cortland Sutton um, has been a monster. I'm taking Carolina to stay within six points of Seattle. I'm not touching that game. You might have the angry Russell Wilson. I just I, the Seahawks are. I don't know. Don't know what to get from them. Um, I am then probably. I'm staying away from. I'm taking Jacksonville to stay within six and a half of Oakland as well. Those are I like my three, that one. three underdogs this week. I don't like too many of the favorites. Um, no one likes the Saints, except for maybe the Rams. The Rams, no, yeah, are the, the Rams favorite. are. Yeah, no, that's but my, they're a one point no. favorite. It's a pick 'em game, really. Yeah, no, the Rams. I feel like that's just a. I don't know. I could be wrong, but it feels like a shoe in to me. I don't know. That's fair. Alrighty, Justin, like where can they find us? If you're looking for us, which you should be, if you're listening to us. Go to twitter.com slash FADPOD where Corey likes to write the updates so with some fun stuff going on. We'll talk about what's going on with the podcast. Uh, don't go, don't, we have a Facebook page. Don't go there. Uh, if you, if you like our show enough and you want to support us monetarily, please go to patreon.com slash FADPOD. Did you say FADPOD? Yes, I did, motherfucker. <laughs> Go there and give us some money. You can uh, get some nice perks, like us shouting out, like just shouting you out every week. Thank you to Angry and Tom and Ben. Ben. Yep. And you could also, if you get the ten dollar tier, you can listen to our deep cuts, which are uh, just us kind of shooting the shit. We did a really fun one this week, where we uh, did something with with uh, like a little wine tasting thing. I guess you have to listen to find out. Other than that, I think that's it for us we today, did it. boys. We made it through another episode of Fad Pod, and we were really after dark tonight. It is like, what, almost 1 a.m.? No, it is. No, it's at, almost 2 a.m. It's almost 2 a.m. Some of us have to work in the morning. We done fucked up, but this is what we do for content creation and 100 listens a month. I was telling Corey this. I was like, our our podcast is named Football After Dark. Like, I'm just assuming that somebody's going to lose sleep when we're recording. You know what I mean? That's fair. That's this how week, it be. It's me. It's fine. It's true. All right. Okay. Uh, Justin, I love and respect you. Corey, I love and respect you. Kuiper, I'm sorry I rose from your ashes. <laughs> May you... His butt ashes. If they can't find your remains... I hope your butt ashes. If they can't find your remains in Lake Erie, at least uh, at least you'll have a good resting place at the bottom of there, along with uh, the coaching careers of multiple Cleveland Browns. If it's any condolences... This is the first time we're talking about the Browns in this podcast, and now we're ending. <laughs> I, I gave them shade about Odell Beckham. Oh uh, well, yeah, that's right. I don't know, nothing's but, changed. Yeah, no, they're not a playoff team. We only talk about playoff teams. As we talked about the Cardinals today. 
I don't know. Okay, that's really bad. We're, but like Cleveland's out of. We're going into week fifteen. Yeah, we can't talk about every team all the time. No, it because it, it, now it's playoff implications time. That's what it is. The, the the main topics of discussion are playoff implications, and that's where we're going to be. You at. know what I want to implicate? Hmm. This finger in your prostate. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>